0: And so many have been touched in all kinds of different negative ways, maybe economically, maybe a need for a family member to be hospitalized. You know, maybe just the the sheer weight of isolation this season has made it just incredibly challenging and difficult for you. And I recognize that immensely So to think about joy, this Christmas season in 2020, I mean, it can almost feel cruel and unusual. It's like, all right, Pastor Tim, why why are you pouring salt on an open wound called 2020? How can we be joyful when there is so much pain and hardship going on in the world around us and even right into our own homes and into our lives? Wouldn't it be easier or maybe just better To just skip Christmas this year. I mean, like, just treat December 25th as any other day off. You know, can't I just sleep in, watch some TV, eat some food, and just call it a day? And just kind of like forget this Christmas season. How can joy possibly fit within this particular season of life? And then we turn to the book of Philippians. And I think that that same question, how could joy fit into this season of life? And that's the same question that could have been asked of the Apostle Paul as he was writing this letter to friends that were in the city of Philippi. And he writes the letter, of course, as we've been talking about, from prison, I mean, he had been imprisoned, and he wasn't just in prison, but he talks about that there were people outside of prison working actively to even make his time harder and more difficult and more challenging. As if prison wasn't enough, he had troublemakers agitating to get him into even more trouble. And it says in chapter one that he knew that he may not even make it out of prison with his life. And indeed, he did not. But in spite of all the hardship that he was experiencing, when you read these four short chapters in this letter that he wrote to his friends, Paul talked about joy and rejoicing 13 times. That's your homework assignment for this week is to find every time he used the word joy or rejoicing, I counted 13 different times. And in this letter, he's not only talking about his own personal joy, but he's talking about urging his friends to embrace joy even during very challenging times. And I think that there couldn't be a more fitting message for this Christmas in 2020 to be positively joyful even during extraordinarily difficult times. So this morning what we're going to do is we are going to be sitting with Paul in his prison cell. I just invite you just to join Paul there right there in this dark, dank stone and iron bars kind of a situation where it's, it's cold and it's damp and he's chained. And I want you to join him there with me because I think the goal of this message would be to say, Jesus, would you help me to see life through Paul's eyes and through his faith in you? That'll be our goal this morning. Now listen, out of the 13 times that Paul talks about joy and rejoicing in the book of Philippians, we're just going to look at two of those instances, one in the fourth chapter and then one in the first chapter. We're just going to look at two of these instances to kind of reflect on together today. But out of these two places where Paul talks about joy and rejoicing, we're going to come away with a couple of significant questions that I think that we need to wrestle through personally. And so I'm going to invite you to grab a piece of paper or pen if you're at home on the online audience, or if you're out in the courtyard, grab your phone, kind of open up to some notes where, where you can take some notes and you can write down these questions because I think they're ones that we're going to want to meditate on right through this month of December leading up to Christmas. So the first of these two passages it's a biggie, okay? It's, it's, it's the big dog uh, in Philippians. It's probably a place that you might even think of because it's likely that you have heard this before. And it's in Philippians chapter four, verse four. And this is where Paul says these words. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always always, I will say it again, rejoice. Now listen, you can hear the urgency in Paul's words to his friends. I mean, it's it's almost a command as he is urging them, urging them to move forward in joy, to embrace joy. He is declaring, choose joy, and do it always. Now remember, he's writing this from prison, from this dark cell, maybe a little bit of light coming through a window, and he's got his parchment and, and he's like writing this out. Choose joy. Wherever there's a decision to be made, friends, we can either choose joy or we can choose a very different path. And I love that he he urges us twice here. I mean, he's emphasizing, he's like, he's taking out his his, uh, highlighter here on that parchment and saying, I say it again, rejoice. I want you to pay attention to my words. And listen, this theme of finding joy and finding reasons to rejoice. This is not just isolated to the book of Philippians as if it's something unusual or or strange in scripture. No, this theme about choosing to find joy, it's echoed all through scripture. One of the places that I find it just amazing to find this glimmer of joy is in the book of Job. You know, Job is known for probably having probably some of the most profound loss and suffering all boiled down into this very concentrated season of Job's life. But listen to these words that are captured. It's in the first chapter of Job when all of this suffering and loss hits him. He says this in Job 121. He says, the Lord gave, And the Lord has taken away. Now listen, he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job chose to rejoice in the Lord. Even during a time of profound suffering and loss. I have a friend that I grew up with, and he, he also pastors a 4 score church in Santa Clarita, Pastor Marty Walker. And when we were like young and in ministry, did a lot of things together, um, serving the next generation all over Southern California. And so we, we just spent, oh gosh, so much time together. And I'll never forget something that really, I've, I've remembered all my life. And that is that when something really Traumatic, something terrible, like we'd get some bad news, some, somebody really suffered some loss. I remember Marty, the first words that would come out of Marty's mouth was blessed is the name of the Lord. Just blessed is the name of the Lord. Quoting from Job, it was, it was this, this reminder to me that I've carried with me all these years that even in the darkest moments, we can immediately choose to focus on our Lord and our Savior. The one we celebrate this Christmas time, that Jesus has come. And even though we're going to face difficulties, Jesus said it would be like this, right? I mean, that we would face all kinds of trouble, but that he is with us And that even in the darkest hours, we can choose joy. Now listen, I want you to notice something about about Philippians 4 and and also in Job chapter 1. And, and And it tells us this. It says that as followers of Christ, we are neither ignorant or insane. I'm going to say that again. We are neither ignorant and we're not insane. In other words, we're not ignorant of the problems around us. It's not like we're, well, we're just followers of Jesus. We're these simple kind of faith people who, who don't see the trouble going on around us. No, we, we know what's going on, and we're not insane either. We, we haven't embraced some crazy notion that, oh, you know, this pandemic, it's not real. You know, you know and, and I mean, there are some people who are still kind of wrestling with that. But listen, I believe that what we see in the book of Philippians and in Job is certainly the fact that, no, it's like we know what's going on. I mean, Paul, read Philippians 1 over again. I am in prison, I am in hardship, and I may die. And I choose joy. I choose to rejoice. We know what is happening in the world. And we are choosing Right now at this Christmas time, to focus on something different than the problems that we're experiencing, we are rejoicing in the Lord. Now it would be kind of crazy or insane to rejoice in the problem, like "woohoo," you know, grandma's in the hospital again. Uh, yeah, that's not what we're doing here. Notice what uh, what Paul writes to his friends. He says, "Rejoice." In the Lord. Do you see what he's focused on here? He's not focused on the prison guard that's right over here. He's not, he's not focused on the chains that are around him. He's not focused on that he's in this little tiny dark, dank cell. Rejoice in the Lord. And then Job. What did, what did, what did Job say? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, I'm in the middle of suffering. Yes, I'm in the middle of difficulty. But I am choosing to focus on the Lord. And that brings me joy. I would put it this way. Our focus determines our joy. What we focus on in the world around us, in everything going on in life, it matters because our focus determines our joy. It certainly did in Paul's life, and certainly in Job's as well. So the question is, what are we focused on? What are we focused on? Now, I've been thinking about this question, what are we focused on? I've been thinking about this through the mind of a photographer, because if you didn't know, I love photography. I don't know if I'd call myself like a real photographer but I'm kinda close, right? I do a lot of photography, I love it, I give it away, you can find me online, there's just a whole bunch of uh, pictures there. So, I've been thinking about this, what am I focused on? I was thinking about this through the lens of photography, if you pardon the pun. Now, last, uh, last month in November, uh, you may have heard that Pastor Kelly and I had the opportunity to travel down to Mexico and spend some time with our missionaries, the Adiola family. Now, I mean, listen, the last time that we'd been down there a couple of years ago, um, their littlest was just, almost just an infant. Eliana is, you know, was a cute little baby, but really hadn't come into her own, well, can I tell you that all that changed? And, and so, of course, you know, I had a camera with me down in Mexico and I captured some pictures. Let me show you a picture that I got of little Eliana uh, when we were out one day. Is she just the cutest thing? Listen, if you're listening on the podcast right now and you're not seeing this picture, you are missing out. Eliana is amazing. She captured my heart. This little girl is just Oh, she is just full of energy and fun, and uh, and I, I mean, I love all the Audiola kids, so if they're listening, don't get the wrong impression, but this was like the first time I like, got introduced to Eliana as a precious and fun little girl, and she did, she just captured my heart. But I want you, I want you to look at this photo for, uh, with me for a moment, and I want you to notice a couple things about it. I want, to, let's zoom in, like really close to the photo. There we go. Now, I want you to notice something about what as a photographer I'm focused on right here. Like even when you think, when you look closely at this photo, like even Eliana's full face is not in crisp focus. Like her eye there on the left is like in real focus, her smile's in focus, but like even the eye on the right is not uh, completely in focus. But then the things that were happening right there where I took the picture, like right there in the midst, right behind her are completely out of focus. And it may be kind of hard to see right there. You have to use your imagination a little bit because they're so out of focus, but that was actually people. There was, a, there was another couple sitting at a table that were, that were like probably 30, 40 feet behind Eliana. They are completely out of focus. Now, I mean, they could have been like going at it. They could have been angry and mad. They could have been, I don't know, just doing terrible things at that table. I have no idea. Because you know what? I wasn't focused on them. I was focused on Eliana. And go go to this next picture. Let's zoom out just a little bit. See, what I was focused on was her smile. What I was focused on was joy that was captured in this moment. And that is what I chose to focus on. Don't you feel the joy? And can I just tell you while, while her photo's up there? When you give generously to the Adiolas serving as missionaries in Mexico, let me just remind you, you are putting food on this girl's table, okay? Enough said, thank you. Now listen, in life, yeah, you gotta take Eliana's photo down because nobody's gonna listen to me. In other words, they're just gonna, they're just gonna be captivated by that smile. <laughs> But listen, okay, be captivated by this smile for a moment. Okay, in life, there is always many things going on. Now, right now in 2020, that has been brought into kind of stark contrast. I mean, we know what's good, and we know what's bad, and there's a lot of bad, more than in our lifetimes we've ever experienced collectively together. But I'll tell you, there's so many things going on in life, you cannot focus on everything at once. And I want to tell you something that I think is, is significantly important here, that too many of us live our lives in autofocus. Now, what is autofocus? Well, as a photographer, there is a way that I can turn on the camera where it is automatically searching for things to focus on, right? And, like, in life, there's, like, a thousand different things that we could be focusing on. And, and I don't know about a camera that you may have used – But some of the cameras that I've used, autofocus will kind of find the thing that is calling for the most attention and it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter whether it's really the most important thing, the most significant thing, or the thing of greatest value. It focuses on the thing that maybe is most chaotic. Something that you really don't want to be focusing on and yet when autofocus is turned on, Guess what we focus on? The thing that calls loudest for our attention. And I think what Paul is communicating to us here is rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Here's what he's saying. Take your lives out of autofocus. No longer just follow what's the loudest or the most chaotic or the most painful in the moment. Rather, put your life's camera on manual where you decide, you choose. This is what I am focused on in this moment. I choose to find joy. I choose to give myself to focusing on that which is joyful. And I'm gonna do it at all times, not just when it's easy, but I'm gonna join Paul, sitting there next to him in his prison cell, and I am going to choose to focus on joy. So here's the big question that I want you to write down and, and to meditate on during this Christmas season. What am I focused on? Right, I mean, would you just write that down? What am I focused on? I think at Christmas time, especially right now in 2020, we can be focused on one of three things. I mean, we're either focused on the global and local catastrophe of 2020, like we're just focused on everything that's miserable and blah, 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 blah. Secondly, maybe we're just like, man, I just want to bathe myself in the commercialism of the season. You know, it's like, let's just drown ourselves in eggnog and Hallmark movies and everything is, I'm just going to pretend, right, that nothing's going on around me. That, that could be a second option. The third option, though, is to focus on Jesus during this Advent season. This season of Advent, when we are remembering the first our rival of God breaking through into humanity and that we know that he didn't just come as a baby and grow up and then die and then return to heaven to leave us empty and to leave us alone, that he is with us. And I believe that as we begin to refocus this season on that, I'll tell you, we are gonna have an opportunity to experience Joy, positively joyful this Christmas season and i 've been thinking about this this week, knowing that I was going to be bringing this word. What am I focused on and so i begin just to rehearse some things out of two thousand and twenty that to me are evidences of god 's work you know i 'm just going to give you three there 's a lot of different things that I could talk about, you know the special moments that i 've had and and conversations and things that have have really been that evidence of God's working even in the middle of a really hard year. I think probably for me, the number one thing that brings me joy and is at the evidence of God's work in my life is that I got to buy my daughter a wedding dress during the pandemic. I mean, what an incredible thing as she moves closer and closer, I think we're about 202 days away uh, yet, but you know, it was time to buy the dress. And just to get uh, the opportunity to, to join her um, on this joy-filled adventure that she's on, I'll tell you what, that brought me joy. The second thing is, is I, I don't know if you know this, you know, we haven't talked probably a lot about it. Uh, you know, we, Kelly and I have lived here now almost six years in Santa Maria. And uh you know our experience of buying homes and selling homes we we've had a handful of them over the years. You know, we kind of were like at a break even, you know, we made a little money, lost a little money, that sort of a thing. But when we left the northwest to return to southern California, uh you know, we had bought right at the end of 2007 and when the market was way up here, we bought right before Christmas and guess what happened like 2 months later, the bottom fell out of the market. And we lived there a number of years, but it hadn't quite crept back up to where it had been when we bought it. So when we moved to Santa Maria, uh, it cost us something, right? It cost us to come here because we knew God was saying, come to Santa Maria. And so what do you do? You just say, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient and do that. So for the first almost six years that we lived here, we just rented, right? We rented a couple of different places. We were very happy in those rental situations. And we were actually not even thinking about purchasing a home. But the owners of the home that we were renting kind of signaled, hey, we may be selling the home. We may need to sell the home and came to us and said, hey, would you be interested in purchasing it? We went through a couple of months during the pandemic of praying and talking and searching and thinking. And guess what? Even in the middle of the pandemic, we bought our first home in Santa Maria. And I hope that signals something joyful to you as well because one of the things that we had to process is, God, we feel you have called us here for the long haul. This is our home. We have roots here in a greater way now at the end, or right here at the end of the year than we did even at the beginning. And that fills me with joy. Third thing that fills me with joy, the Dodgers won the World Series. Yeah. Come on now, celebrate with me a little bit. But listen, what are you focused on? What are we focused on this Christmas season? And I believe that's what Paul is urging us to think about when he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Always taking our lives out of autofocus and focusing on what is most important, what is most significant, what's of greatest value. Here's the second passage we're gonna look at quickly. It's from the first chapter of Philippians. It's verse 18, but I wanna set it up for a moment because we're not gonna look at the whole context. This instance of rejoicing that Paul is talking about here comes right when he is saying, I'm in prison, And there are people that are causing my life to be even harder because of the troublemaking that they're doing outside of prison. They're making life for me even harder than regular prison. But listen to what he says, comes to the end of this little section in verse 18 he says, the important thing, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. I love what he says. And and check, check out these words. He says, here's what's important. Here is what I am choosing to focus on. Yes, things are bad. I wish I wasn't in prison. He wasn't crazy. He didn't have his head in the sand. He's like, this is what's important I'm focused on I'm focused on what Jesus is doing even in spite of the fact that I'm in prison and people are making trouble for me Christ is being preached the gospel is advancing and listen whenever check this out whenever the gospel advances our joy should also advance isn't that good? Whenever the gospel advances, whenever Jesus is being lifted up, whenever oh, the good news of the story of Jesus is getting to be shared one more time, there should be something of joy that rises up in our heart that says yes and fills us with joy. And guess what? We're here at Christmas and Christmas is all about the gospel. It is such a beautiful opportunity for the gospel to be shared. We were watching on TV this week, the, uh, something we'd recorded, but it was the Christmas at Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center, and there is Dolly Parton, and I don't know why, but for some reason this year, Dolly Parton is kind of like exalted almost to sainthood, like she's everywhere, right? It's like Dolly year, and uh, you know maybe, maybe we're just reflecting back to an earlier day when it wasn't 2020, but here's Dolly. Dolly. You know, the cool thing is in that whole set of music that surrounded Dolly singing, the gospel was proclaimed and advanced through song over and over and over. And like we're sitting there in our living room saying, this is awesome. This is cool. Because at Christmas time, it's about the gospel. It's about Jesus coming into a very dark world a world that especially if you know anything about that time in history that these were a captured people the romans were in charge and jesus comes and is born into very dark and troubling times and when we get to talk about christmas and jesus coming oh friends joy should flood our souls so here's the second question i want you to write down First one is, what are we focusing on? And here's the second one. What can we do this Christmas to advance the gospel? Because I believe that as we do, joy will advance in our hearts as well. So, I mean, here's some just thoughts. Here's some thoughts about how we can advance the gospel this Christmas. One thing we're doing as a church is, we're doing an advent countdown on Instagram. I hope you're following along. If you're on Instagram, just follow us at Santa Maria Foursquare. And, cause what you're gonna see is every day of advent, <clears throat> we're posting this very cool post where it's, it's kind of like that little advent calendar where you, you, know, you flip something open and there's this little surprise. Every day, there's a Christmas activity that you may want to engage in, whether you, whether you live at home, alone, or whether you've got a bunch of family around you, these are, these are activities that you can do together. Today is to make Christmas fudge. I love that. Just, just a fun Christmas activity. You can even click on something and you can get a recipe if you don't have one. It's like, we're we're doing that. And then then you flip over again, and there's part of the story. It's the Christmas story from Luke. And there's this whole storyline that you're going to follow right through Jesus' birth as you follow along on there. And then you flip one more time, and there's a Christmas song that's there for you as well that you can open up our Spotify playlist and find our Advent playlist. And so there's a new Christmas song. Many of them you may have never heard these beautiful arrangements before. And it's just a fun way to guess what? Advance the good news of Jesus. It's all about Advent and celebrating Jesus. So that's one way we can, all together, you can tag people, you can say, hey, check this out. Great way to do that. Another way to do that online is just to invite people to like join with you. You may have neighbors that you cannot go into their homes right now, but you know what, you can, in a way, because if, because if you've got their email address or if your friend's on Facebook, you can send them a message and you can say hey, or text them, right, and say hey, we're doing church right now, you know, would you like to kind of come online right now along with us? And you can invite them. Or if you're on Facebook, a really easy way to do it, and you can do it right now, is you can go right up to this live post. And you can share it on your feed, right? It's just like a really simple way to say, hey, I am helping advance the good news of Jesus and coming up with creative ways to do that. Third, if you have children in your home, right? If, like they're, if they're still living with you, right, what about taking time this Christmas season to do something special to like retell the Christmas story. I mean, maybe you'll even use that little Advent calendar we're doing um, on Instagram and you could open that up at night and before they go to bed and you could read that scripture and just talk about what was going on in that season and you could just talk about Jesus coming. One of the things that was on day one of this Advent calendar was to make a countdown garland, you know, one of those paper link garlands. Well, Kelly and I did that together and we have it hanging in our home and every day, and this is the first time we've ever done this, but every day we're going and we're cutting a link off of that as we get closer and closer to Christmas. And just for a moment, we are pausing to thank Jesus for what he did coming into the world And to know that he is active right now in our world, and we just give him thanks for that. We're choosing to focus on Jesus. And guess what? We're advancing the gospel even right in our home as we rehearse those things one for another. You may come up with other creative ways of gift-giving to certain people who it's gonna make such a difference in their life or story. You may wanna be generous. You may wanna find some funds and to, to contribute to something beyond yourself, whether it's here at the church, whether it's in Mexico to the audio list, but like saying, God, I wanna give a gift that is going to help advance the gospel this Christmas time. I think we can all find different ways to do that. So that's the second question. How are you focused on advancing the gospel this Christmas? I want to finish with just one additional scripture. And it's kind of an illustration, I believe, of of how this kind of works and comes together. Because I told you that this finding joy even in the middle of difficulty is is not just um, isolated to Philippians but Paul tells this other little story, and it's, it's in 2 Corinthians, and uh, it's about a church. You know, maybe you were a church like ours that was going through all kinds of hardship, and listen, I know that right now there are people in our church family that are struggling. I, there's one dear lady in our church whose cousin passed away this week. There's another uh, member of our church who whose mom right now is in the hospital and has had to have emergency surgery, both related to COVID. And I'm telling you, we are at prayer and we recognize the challenges and difficulties. And and so listen, Paul reflects on a church that was in a really troubling time. And it's found in 2 Corinthians 8, the first two verses. And this is what he says. So he says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But, listen to this, they are also filled with abundant joy. Not just a little bit of joy, abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. Man, I love Scripture, and one of the ways that I really uh, have come to believe that Scripture is true is that it does not sugarcoat reality. Somehow, you know, Paul isn't saying, hey, bad things were happening uh, in Macedonia, but everything just worked out. No. He said that in spite of great trouble and suffering and poverty, they they still had this abundant joy. Let me remind you, that as Christ grows in your heart, that joy should be a natural result. Remember, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit is alive in us. Man, in that list of the fruit of the Spirit, joy comes right after love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and on. Joy is right there, and that's what the Macedonian church was experiencing. They had the Lord, and they chose to focus on him rather than on their hardship. So they had this overwhelming, abundant joy. And then, did you hear what it said was the result of that? It said that they had this abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity, See, joy is something that begins in here, but then it overflows around us. I mean, there's just, there's no way to bottle up true joy. And my prayer for us this season is that we, like the Macedonian church, and like Paul in prison, even like Job, who's lost so much, that we would choose joy, that we would, take our lives out of autofocus which just cries out to focus on that thing which is most chaotic and painful. And that friends we would choose to dial in the focus on Jesus and on the good things that he has done and is continuing to do right now. Even those of you that are like suffering significant loss, significant struggle. And I know that that's right where some of you have been in these past months, facing real life trauma and issue. Listen, we don't put our head in the sand and say those things aren't real. But right now we are choosing to dial in and say, God, even in the middle of this, where is the evidence of your work. Is there still a roof over my head? Is there still food on the table? Or maybe do I just still have breath in my lungs? I am still here and able to bless the Lord. I am still here and able to advance the gospel right now here at the end of 2020. We're finishing, but I want you to listen to the words of a very familiar song. I'm just, I'm not going to go through all the lyrics, but I want to call your attention to this. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And then the second verse begins, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. But it's the third verse that we don't always sing. That, I want you to just listen to these lyrics, the lyrics of this season. It says, no more let sin and sorrows grow. It's almost echoing what we were talking about through Philippians. No more let sin and sorrow grow. Yes, they're real. Yes, they're happening around, but we're not gonna let them grow in our hearts and in our lives. Nor thorns infest the ground. He comes, Jesus comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Listen, all of us have been touched by the curse of sin and brokenness in the world. But we are choosing in 2020 to focus on Jesus, to choose joy. And I am excited about that. I am, I am so thankful that we do not have to dwell on, marinate in the sorrow and suffering, but we can choose joy always. Let's pray together. God, I thank you, Lord, that we can choose joy, not because we're crazy people, but because we know who you are. Joy to the world, the Lord has come, and you reign, that Jesus, you are Lord. And because of that, we can rejoice. And we rejoice knowing that this life and even the, Year of 2020, it's temporary that there is life beyond what we're experiencing today. And we are so grateful, Lord, for days ahead here on earth, but also we're ultimately so grateful, Lord, that we have an eternity that is guaranteed with you when we put our trust in you. So Lord, help us in this Christmas season to experience your joy. And now there may be some that are here in our courtyard. There may be some that are watching online and maybe you're hearing this message and you're just going, I just can't seem to find any joy at all. Can I just ask this question? Maybe the most important question is have you ever invited in the joy bringer? The one who can take us from hopelessness and bring hope, who takes us from death to life in him because of what he did for us on the cross. If you've never opened your life to Jesus, then maybe I would suggest to you, you've never opened your life to true joy. And here is your opportunity. If you're online, just say, online, just type it in, just say, I choose joy, I choose Jesus. And if you've never done that before, I'm telling you, opening your life to Jesus is the best decision you will ever make. And we have some pastors online right now that are gonna reach out to you and they're gonna suggest some some materials for you that can help you to grow in that decision to follow after Jesus. And they're gonna pray with you even right now online. They're waiting, so just dive in. And if you're there in the courtyard, and you say i want to say yes to jesus we've got pastors that are right there in the courtyard can you stand up and i want you to turn around right now and i want you to just be available for any who would say i give my life to jesus today and he is willing and able to pray with you right at the end of service friends you're loved man join us again next couple of weeks as we have a two week series leading up to christmas It's also gonna be filled with joy. And I love you and I'm looking forward to being back with you next week. Have a great week.